It's 2022. I have already ruined all my New Year's resolutions, but we are here, the Brewers Podcast, and joining me, as always, are my amazing co-hosts, Erica and sound guy, Ryan. Hello. My New Year's resolution was actually to drink less beer, run more miles, and I've drank more beer, ran less miles. But you've still been running, so like... Yeah, but like, it's it's kind of like, oh, I'm on a diet, but I only eat McDonald's. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. It worked for somebody, super <laughs> but I don't know. New Year's resolutions, we don't have to talk about no, that, but no. we have to talk about... Beer? Well, we're going to talk about beer, but we do Twitch now. Yeah, that's the thing that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm doing Twitch. Watch Matt play video games and drink beer. No, I haven't no, even... No, he's I haven't been even... chilling on it, as far as I've noticed. Yeah, it's just been me and then like three other people that like to figure out why I don't like Treehouse or Trillium, mm. which is not true. I do like those beer, those brands. I just think there's other beer out there in the world that... Are you sure? They're not the only places <laughs> to these two individuals who are <laughs> good fans of the podcast and they know that I'm probably talking shit about them right now. It's just, I'm not going to talk shit about other breweries. <laughs> like, it's Gosh. not cool. <laughs> uh, it's not cool. Don't stay off Twitter. It's not cool. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I mean, there have already been a lot of good beers that have come out. In Indeed. 2022. Um, we're in the middle of January right now. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and I feel like we can confidently say that because this episode is actually going to get released in two weeks. So if you're listening in the future, I am sorry. But if you are up to date, like all of our Brewers listeners, and we know we, they are, welcome to 2022. We have a big year planned for our listeners. Right, Ryan, Erica? Huge. Huge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, yeah. It's, uh, oh yeah, Jim Cook's coming on the podcast. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For it's going to be sure. huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big finally. fan of the podcast. Yeah, and big finally. Fan. He's big actually fan. replacing Sound Guy Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, God. He's, he's leaving Sam Adams and coming to do the Roots podcast. He said it was a better business decision than, <laughs> than truly and Our Sam tool. Adams. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jim. You're fired already. <laughs> Um, yeah, but Erica, where are we today? We're at Litherman's Limited. It's like a real tongue twister. I'm sure you get that a lot. Um, in beautiful Concord, New Hampshire, yes. which is the capital of New Hampshire. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Kind of. You, you shook your hands like. Oh, no, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, right, cool. like, yeah, yeah, that's like a jazz hand. I was like, yeah. oh, is it, is it like not? Like, I thought you were like. Are things changing? Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually we're here in, um, the presence of royalty. Uh, because the person standing to my left, Dropkick, which Hello? we're going to get into your nickname. I know the backstory because I read an article very recently. <laughs> like, um, our listeners might not. You won the best brewer of New Hampshire, so congratulations. Thank you very yes. much. That is so awesome. A, just because it's awesome. there's a lot of breweries in New Hampshire, and, I, and for one in Concord, New Hampshire, like, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And I know a little bit of your backstory, like, starting as a volunteer here. Like, Indeed. That's badass. Yeah. 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 Uh, you are what? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I joke that uh, I'd be making any other widget if it was if uh, if the guys here were making any other widget when I walked in the door, because um, it was about the people. But then, as soon as you get into beer, you realize that there's nowhere else. Like it's yeah. it's a community. It's everybody's lifting each other up. Like it's a wonderful, wonderful industry to be in. And it turns out that I'm decently good at it apparently yeah. <laughs> and steven hey how are you hey. i'm just kidding <laughs> hi hey um yeah so can you um just let our listeners know your roles at the brewery first sure uh so i'm steve bradbury also known as doc jones uh i'm the owner um and um i guess wearer of many hats yep yeah many hats yeah yeah all the hats janitor you know you, you name it phone, phone answer yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Dropkick. I uh, recently were started calling me head brewer. I guess 
So oh, cool. We'll, cool. we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that what it says on the business card? Uh, no, but, you know, that's just because I don't want to buy more business cards. It's what it says in my email signature. Yeah. That's Most what makes it real. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. definitely what makes yes. it real. Business cards are so 2020. Well, yeah, exactly. We're leaving those behind. <laughs> Who needs those? We're in 2022. Email signatures only. That's all you need. Yeah. So we start our podcast by asking our guests specifically what their first memory of beer. And I'm going to add a new question to that. Ooh. What made you fall in love with craft beer? Mm. Ooh, mine are combined. Okay. Sweet. Uh, I mean, well, I guess first memory of beer is like stupid, crappy college beer. So, like, I don't even really think of that. What was a stupid, crappy college beer? It was Bud Light. It was okay. crap. All right. Wait. It listen. was. Hey, you uh, said it, not yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most consistent brands across the world, all right? Gosh. Uh, sure. Uh, uh, no, I, I really, like, the first memory that I enjoy of beer is uh so i went to the university of connecticut and just down the road from yukon in willimantic connecticut there's this really cool little brew pub called the willimantic brewing company um they're in this really cool little building it was uh, originally a post office in the 18 and 1900s and they turned it into a brew pub and they make delicious beer they make a lot of english beer um which turns out would then turn into a further passion of mine that I didn't even know about at the time. Um, so going there actually after college when I was still living in the area um, was really where I fell in love with like actual craft beer and different styles and knowing that thing, you know, the difference between a stout and a porter and a pale ale and um, it's where I had my first ESB and was definitely the inspiration for my first recipe here, which was an ESB. Um, so place and time. Yeah. Our brewers listeners know ESB is extra sexy bathtub because we brewed a, uh, yes. an ESB, but <laughs> ESB for our listeners, you know, who don't know, what does it really mean? <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, so. Steve, your your first memory and your when you fell in love with craft beer? Sure. Uh, first memory would have been, you know, natural light, uh, Keystone, something like oh, that. Oh, Natty Ice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, nice. uh, those would have been, you know, first memories of beer. Um, but what really got me into craft beer, uh, in college, I started drinking Newcastle, mm -hmm. uh, J.D. Honey Brown, some of the Pete's Wicked that was out at the time. Um, but what really turned me on to craft beer was Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale. Oh, um, nice. Still a good one. It's still great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and after that, I was hooked. And, you know, at that point, there was nothing in the IPA realm that was really that strong tasting. But it just, I was hooked after that point. Absolutely. Uh, so what was the original plan for the both of you? Uh, obviously, going to UConn, and I'm not sure where you're... Uh, I went to Plymouth State here yep. in New Hampshire. Uh, I have a degree in anthropology. Okay. I was close. You were right. You were, <laughs> <laughs> you were close. You were yeah. close. <laughs> I, I'm going to one-up him, though, yeah. but I'll yeah. let him finish. Uh, after college, I got into sales, um, did sales in power tools and pharmaceuticals for many years. Um, it was always, you know, since I started homebrewing, it was always, you know, the, I always had that dream of I want to open my brewery one day. Uh, after years of putting a business plan together, uh, made it a reality. So Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I went to the University of Connecticut, and I have a bachelor's degree in euphonium performance. Oh, my God. It's a music major. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I love that. Did like you do marching band? I did all the Oh, yeah. Band. Ryan and I did marching yes. band. So, yeah. uh, I was the drum major of Concord High here Ryan in Concord, New Hampshire. Yes. Ryan was uh, a drum major. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, what was your instrument? 
Or I guess you had many instruments. Yeah. So anything specific. She said it. (laughs) You didn't even catch a euphonium. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a loser. I mean, but it's brass. I've like I've I've dabbled in trombone, euphonium, a little bit of tuba. um, Spent some time playing with some English style brass bands, um, which apparently tie into my love for English beer. (laughs) But they play on some cool horns that you don't necessarily see in a lot of. Uh, American concert band type settings. So I thought I wanted to be a music teacher, and then I decided that I just you meant wanted the 360. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. I just wanted to do it as a hobby, really. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Then I became your typical starving artist. I worked in <laughs> accounts payable, accounts receivable. I did a little stint as a nursing assistant at Catholic Medical Center for a couple for a couple of years. Uh, walked in the door here, and then we joked that I just never left. That's <laughs> because it's true. She moved in. <laughs> they couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> um, it's Concord home for both of you. Uh, no, not for me. I live in Gilmanton, so 20 okay. minutes away. So yeah, Concord's home. I grew up here. I left obviously to go to college, and I kind of wormed my way back over a couple of years. Uh, but I've been back nice. in town for a couple of years now. Yeah. Let's talk about the con- uh, the Concord beer scene. This is. Uh, you, you've been here for a while now. How many years? Five and a half years. Five and a half yeah. years. Wow. But before then, who else was in town? So we were the first brewery to open in Concord. Yeah. 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 Um, and now we have Steadfast that's right down the door from you. Yeah, Distillery Steadfast. Steadfast. Yep. yep. Uh, I was making some great stuff there, you know. Just came out with his first bourbon. Yeah, I know. Ooh. And it's been aging for like so long. <laughs> so, yeah. good. so good. Yeah. Uh, and so it's great having them literally at uh, other end of the complex. Yep. Uh, then we've got Concord Craft, yep. who's uh, right downtown. And then there's another new brewery opening up in a few months as well. Cool. So. Um, at that time, who were you going to like help you out with a business plan? Um, I mean, so, what brewery number were you in the state? Do you know? Um, no, I want to say it was like 50-something. Yeah, so yeah. relatively Rel- yeah. relatively early compared to now, right? Yeah, yeah it might have been even late 40s, somewhere in there. But uh, So the people kind of we talked to uh, would have been Rob North over at Great North Ale Works. Nice. Uh, he was a lot of help with us, especially getting through a lot of the paperwork. Um, some of the other breweries, uh, talking with Greg down at Martha's Exchange as well. He was always a big resource as well. Um, those are the two that stand out, but there was many others as well. Yeah. And they remain to be resources to this day. Yeah. And that's one of the wonderful things about this industry and this state is that, you know, I, I did not know them before I worked in this industry and now I'm on a first name basis with them. Uh, I don't, and they both call me dropkick. So yeah. <laughs> that's great. It's a perfect segue. So, so. <laughs> the, name, the name dropkick, uh, I'm guessing it came from the band dropkick Murphy. Sure did. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's what I assumed too, because yeah. the article that was written about you, I was like, why didn't anyone think that that was that they thought that <laughs> yeah. you were like fighting? I was like, really? Like, I don't know. Me. That was like the last thing in my mind. <laughs> I mean, it'd be really cool you know? if you could dropkick people. Yeah. Like, I do like, wear steel toe yes. boots, so <laughs> yeah. it has not been it. disproven. But <laughs> no, it was uh, just an early day when I was volunteering and I, I really knew nothing. Like I, I had homebrewed a couple of times with friends, but... And and really didn't actually enjoy that process. You know, it was kind of like a it lot sucks. of work. I yeah, agree. yeah. It's not much beer. Yeah. Exactly, it's a lot <laughs> it's of work for very little yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it takes over your entire space wherever you're doing it. Your so whole anyway, day. yeah. <laughs> and so then I showed up here and just wanted to help. The product they were making was great. They seemed like cool people. Like I'm just gonna see if I can hang out. And then, but I didn't know anything. And there was a one day in particular where we were brewing a batch of beer and there wasn't a lot that I could do to help. You know, I was like, yeah. maybe I could, uh, you know, clean up after something. But, um, 
the mu- we were listening to an album of some sort, and so it ended, and so I just went over to the iPod, which was full of 90s hip-hop. iPod. Click, yeah, <laughs> click wheel iPod. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. You should add that sound bite, you know, the <laughs> album. <laughs> That was such a great sound. Click wheel iPod. And uh, so I literally was like, I don't know half of what's on this. Like, I look at this, I'm like, I don't, it's gibberish to me. I, yeah. I'm a classically trained musician, as we previously discussed. There's no Brahm, it's about. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right, exactly. Uh, Shostakovich, but that's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But so the first thing I found that I recognized and knew I wanted to listen to was the Dropkick Murphys. And uh, I had been searching by artist, so click play mm-hmm. all. And Perfect. I pretty certainly played almost the entire discography. Oh, fun. There, there were multiple. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Steve How many versions his, of Shipping Up to Boston? Steve rolling his eyes over there. <laughs> At least three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Uh, and for, for the record, I followed it up with a couple of albums from the Flogging Mollies, and nobody stopped me. What? I know. Apparently, <laughs> I was an Irish punk like kick. So I'm just glad they don't call me flogging. Yeah. I was like, that could or have been Molly. worse. Yeah. Right. Or Molly. Yeah. 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 But what he won't admit is that I also think that they forgot my name. Oh. Mm. Yeah. As he again looked yeah. the other yeah. way. <laughs> Much easier oh, just to no. call you dropkick. Exactly. Because yes. it, it kind of, it slipped out. Like a week later, somebody was like, oh, hey, dropkick. And I was like, who? Uh, oh, you. Oh, me? Okay. Yeah. That's fine. And uh, I didn't balk at it and it fit. And so from that day, it's been dock and drop. Yeah, yeah. Where the where the doc nickname come from? You know, uh, years ago when I signed up for Facebook, I decided I didn't want to put my real name on there. I was working on starting a brewery yep. and didn't want anything in my you know work life to get involved to know the transition. So, put uh, Doc Jones on there. You know, being an anthropology major, yep. Indiana Jones. <laughs> yep. um, so that's kind of just and it kind of stuck. So yeah, yeah. Not as exciting as you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Drop how many? Y- <laughs> yeah, I love it. So great. So how many years did you homebrew and, and realize that like I hate homebrewing and I want to do it like professionally? Or I love homebrewing so much. Right? I like, do how do you make that transition? Like, how does somebody actually enjoy homebrewing that much? Not to do it. <laughs> you can. Yeah, yeah you, no, you totally can. Yeah, I started homebrewing. It would have been uh, two thousand. Um, my wife got me a Mr. Beer homebrew kit. Oh, I love it. You could get it at like like CVS. Well, that's it, right? (laughs) Um, So I brewed a few batches on it and they were all horrible, right? But we loved them. They were great at the time, but they were really bad. Um, And then I started- They didn't kill you. They didn't kill me, right. Uh, And then from there, I started, you know, scaling up, buying new equipment and started entering competitions uh, and it just snowballed at it from there. Do you think the competitions helped at all? Like, if you to absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you win that first medal, and now you're pumped. To, <laughs> all right, what's my next recipe? What yeah. am I going to do next? Like, oh, what if I did this? So, do they give um, you good feedback as well to like grow and? It depends on the competition. Okay. Yeah, it depends. Mm-hmm. Some of them you get some nice judged feedback, and other ones you just get. It was great beer. Are there any that you can remember that are better than others that are maybe still going on today? Yeah, so any any competition that's BJCP sanctioned, mm-hmm. uh, those are judged by certified judges. Um, that's the best ones to do because okay. um, you'll get correct feedback because everyone's trained to give you feedback specifically in the right format and uh, also in the right categories as well. Yeah. In 2000, obviously, the internet existed, but blogs were pretty big. But what were you getting most of your knowledge? Word of mouth, books? Mostly books, books. at that point, yeah. Any books that you would particularly suggest to people who are home rowing and, and kind of want to get better at it? So I'm, I know there's a lot of other new books now, but you can't go wrong with The Joy of Homebrewing. Mm. Um, that's a classic. It should yep. definitely be a, an early read. And then after that, there's so much information out there now. Um, 
you could go in a million different directions. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jepkick? How did you yeah. learn and grow in this? <laughs> uh, all of my training is on the job. Okay. Um, from awesome. Doc. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm doing some of my own reading and research on the side, but a lot of it has just been, you know, hands-on experience. Just been here yeah. from... You know, uh, I walked in the door pretty pretty soon after they opened, and so just one batch of beer after batch of beer after batch of beer, you learn one thing, and you you dive into the questions about you know why are you using that mash temperature, why are mm -hmm. you using that salt profile, why how did you pick those hops, how do you pick up how many hops, like what yeast are you using? You just on the job, it's just been organic. That yeah. A lot as as we go along, as soon as I kind of learn something, we just pick up the next thing and yeah. learn, dive into that. Um, and then I've done a lot of, um, one of the nice things about how big the internet now is, especially <laughs> with homebrewing, is that there's lots of homebrew recipes out there. And that helped me a lot in recipe development where I could say, all right, I want to make a beer uh, and I want to make it like something else yeah. and go go to a, you know, a craft beer store and just get as many varieties of that style possible and you know different brands and try them out and then go find somebody who's cloned it at a homebrew level and just see it's a good way of going about yeah that. and yeah. see what's in it and like you know you have the comparison of like this porter versus this porter i like this one better and yeah, yeah and like what do i like about it and where do i think that flavor came from did it come from the yeast did it come from the grain did it come from the hot profile um so I'm very like sensory and hands-on like that, mm. and and then very analytical. So there's a spreadsheet, yeah, somewhere <laughs> with like so all, of my, all of my research <laughs> for like. I think I I reached out to uh, John Pino of um not Pino um the Packy Pinches Pinches um the Packy in Manchester, a great craft beer store here in Central New Hampshire, and just said, hey, I want to make an English porter. What do you what do you have? And he was like. I've got this, this, and this. This one, they don't list it as an English porter, but it's probably your next but it yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, you know, so he would put together mixed packs for me. Oh, that's awesome. Of everything that he had that would fit whatever I was. And so then I could take it home and like try it all and do side by sides and dive into the recipes. Um, yeah. Very cool. So before we get into <laughs> Leatherman's early days um, and like what got you in the door specifically to be like, I want to volunteer my time. Be here. We have a word from our sponsors. Take it away. Woo! Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers! Cheers. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BREWROOTS for 10% off your online order today. Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. 
Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. Well, shots were just fired across here because Ryan's not wearing a Leatherman's hat. Super rude. But I'm curious because we're going to just segue away from that. (laughs) Um, Because he's going to have one after, I'm sure. Right, Ryan? Yep. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) um, I'm curious, like in the early days of a brewery, right? Especially what? So five and a half years ago was 2016, 2016, right? Not a lot of breweries in the area. And right. like being like, I want to go into a brand new brewery that I don't know that much about and, and volunteer my time. Like I value my time and I, I don't know if I want to volunteer at a brewery. Maybe it's because I know too much now. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, and you know a, how miserable it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I look back at it now and I realize how serendipitous it was that like I... A, I got to miss the the boring nitty gritty part of like writing a business plan, mm, right. finding a location, yeah. finding equipment, installing that equipment, brewing on it for the first time, which always goes so very is that poorly. Boring? Yes. Is that part boring? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's boring, but it's tedious for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 And so I got to skip all that. I, I literally walked in with a family friend who she knew uh, Steve and, and came in and just as a customer. Uh, and I, at the time was in a job that it wasn't really the forever job. I was kind of feeling my way out of it, but didn't really know what to do with my time. Uh, and so I, I needed a hobby Yeah, and it just fell in my lap. Where so I just, leaving at a brewery it is. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Literally. I look back at that time, man, I, look, I shoveled so much grain because yeah. <laughs> you know, all the things you do from the ground up, right, but, right. um, yeah, I mean, that, that's all it literally was for me is that I walked in and I had the time because I wasn't really, I don't know, I was in transition in my own life. And so I had the time and the space to, to come in here. Um, I actually left that job and the summer of 2016, I uh, used some unemployment time to go to training to become a nursing assistant. Thought I, again, thought I wanted to be a music <laughs> teacher, thought I wanted to be a nurse. Yeah. And, You're just and, serving people in other ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, yeah. right. We finally figured out yeah. where I should live. Yes, yeah. yeah. But that also gave me the time to be here. And so when I wasn't training, I was here. And then my first job as a nursing assistant was second shift. Mm-hmm. And so I'd come in here and be here from like eight to two. God, and I'd literally have a bag of Jeez. scrubs. And I'd like <laughs> get out of here at two o'clock, th- two o'clock in the afternoon, throw my scrubs on and drive to Manchester. And like three to 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. Long ass day. Yeah. And then you just, <laughs> yeah. and so you slept. So you beer, nurse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pretty we much. We should make a shirt. Beer, that, beer, nurse, sleeps, nurse, beer, sleep, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> with your next shirt. I won't even take any royalties off of it. Yeah. yeah. But it was really, you know, I don't know. We, uh, Steve and I just clicked as coworkers from the very beginning. So coming to work with him was an easy thing. And, and he's a great teacher too. I mean, that's, we talked about how I had no experience. And so there was never any that I never felt bad about that. You know, it, it was always, it was always a good thing. It was always a like, cool. You don't know anything about this. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and 
you know, that, okay, there's a thing you know now, so you do that. Like, yeah. that's, <laughs> own it. Like, you know, become more acquainted with that part of the process and then move on to the next thing. And so it made it easy to spend my free time here. Um, and, yeah. As an employer, do you feel like that's almost beneficial to you to take someone who almost not that I'm saying you knew you nothing but like them mold them yourself yeah. and maybe not have the bad practices or, or less desirable practices from another place or you know uh, yeah, no, great question. Uh, definitely. I think if you have the right person who's got the aptitude, who's, uh, you absolutely can. I mean, Drop is so analytical, and I'm also analytical, so it just really worked really well to kind of show her the different processes and everything that's involved. I think it can go both ways, though. I mean, we are two other people at Brewers that work here. Um, both came from the brewing industry before yep. coming here. Um, a lot of it is you're always going to develop bad habits. They're not necessarily bad, but they're what you, the way you did things at your previous right. brewery. doesn't mean it's wrong. Not everyone just, has the same stove to cook on, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, so um, it's really more about your willingness to adapt and change and do something out of your comfort zone or just get in the habit of doing something yeah. differently. So speaking about adapting and changing, what made you leave anthropology to like adapt and change? That's like a big, or sales, you know, like how do you find yourself that one day just being like, I'm going to take this huge risk. Um, I don't know if married with children or anything like that, but like going to a significant other or even yourself to just say like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Yeah. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Um, you know, uh, I'd been in sales for a long time, uh, working in the pharmaceutical industry for about 14 years. Uh, it, like many industries, you're a number. You're not, you're not, in, you're not a person. You're replaceable. You're replaceable. And major layoffs happen, companies get bought and sold. Uh, I got tired of that after, you know, 14 years and three times the company was either bought or sold or laid yeah. off entire sales forces. I said, not again. It's not going to happen to me again. Um, so putting the business plan together, had that conversation with my wife on, hey, how are we going to do this? You know, um, is it going to work? Um, so we went through that whole process and had a plan that on paper was going to work. Uh, so I made the choice. We opened up the brewery. I was working my full-time day job building the brewery, putting it together at night, brewing those first batches at night, running the tap room on the weekends. Oh, yeah. We've yeah, had those. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still had the full-time day job and saw the writing on the wall and knew that the next round of layoffs was going to happen, wrote it out until the, the, the layoff yeah. and went full-time with the brewery at that point after about a year or so wow. of opening. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So how, do you, how did you um, decide what beers to open up with? A lot of that came from, um, you know, brewing at home mm-hmm. for so many years. Uh, I'm a big fan of Saison's. Cool. Um, five years ago, that's that Belgian beers were way more popular than they are today. Yeah, that's you true. Know? So you could open with the saison. Five I was gonna years say that's ago. impressive. Yeah, opening with saisons, right? Yeah. And we did. And that was a flagship beer yeah. for the first year and a half. Um, so it was it was recipes that we you know brewed at home that we were big fans of. Okay, um, cool. That was kind of how we determined you know this is what we like. Yeah. So let's let's start there. Yeah. yeah. Five years, five and a half years later, why are you still here? Um, I'm still passionate about it. I mean, there's something about multiple parts of it. First is just the creation of recipes, right? That's what's so fun and what drives you in brewing is making new recipes, uh, getting out of your comfort zone and brewing styles of beer you've not had a lot of experience in. And there's all that time that goes into that, the research and, and development of the recipes. Then it's actually putting that into, into making the product and then getting your final product out there and seeing the response from people. Uh, it's motivation. That's what keeps motivating me. It also motivates me with everyone that works here, everyone on the team everything that they're doing and seeing their accomplishments and their growth, that's a motivation and that's what keeps me here. So I'm kind of curious about recipe development. 
do you tend to try to stay true to style? And if so, like, like how does style mean anything? Right. Does it mean anything anymore? I mean, like you talk about being creative and stuff. It's like, is it still an ESB if you're not using, you know, these certain grains or these certain hops, you know, it's, it's just an interesting topic. I mean, I think we have kind of our own twist on a couple of things. Like, you know, the new England IPA was still new enough when we first started making them that we could decide how we wanted it to be and we've kept it there. Mm -hmm. You know, we do it the way we want it. It's not exactly the same that you get it from everybody else, but it's, you know, where we come up with it and we think it tastes good and then we try to stay consistent with it. Um, You know, the fruited sours, I think we were kind of right at the top of, like at the bottom of that as it was starting to rise as a, as a, as like accepted in a, popular style and we decided what we wanted ours to be we wanted them to be clean we wanted them to be crisp we wanted them to be clear unless they have plum because plum is impossible to get clear <laughs> and uh I cold crashed that out of that <laughs> <laughs> there are not enough hours in the year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and we've just you know that's how we like them and so we've create we've decided to own that as our style um but we'll do other things too. So like the ESB, you know, I've tried to stay pretty close to the, the English beers that I've done. I've done an ESB, a Porter, a Blondale, um, and and I'm trying to keep them pretty close, but put my own personal spin on them. Yeah. Um, so, but it's I think it's we find that we like to ride right in the middle of that line of cool. like I'm not trying to go so far away that it's going to be unrecognizable, but I'm trying to make it mine. Yeah. Mm. Tell me if I'm wrong, Doc. I think you're spot on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of took that love question. It, love it. <laughs> so what would you say you're known for present day? Uh, I think, well, we're known for a misguided angel, which is our flagship IPA. And then after that, we're known for our uh, fruited kettle sours. Uh, we do about 15 or 16 different ones throughout the year. Wow. Um, so we're really well known for those as well. If you had told yourself five and a half years ago, you'd be known for... <laughs> sours. Sours and an IPA, <laughs> would you have done this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I still would have done it, yep. but I would have said, "What are you talking about? You know, fruited kettle sours. Yeah. They're not going to be. They're not going to be that popular." Belgian beers, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> I had never kettle soured, you know, before owning the brewery, and it was something where I had to put. In, we put in a lot of research. Um, you know, you're bringing bacteria into the brewery. Yeah, scary. So it's, right. So you have to put your protocols in place. You have to raise SOPs in place. Uh, so there's a lot to it. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's very different now than it was five, six years ago. It's different now than it was a year ago. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about that yeah. earlier today. Yeah. yeah. How do you change and grow with those changes? <laughs> well, you, you have to adapt, right? I mean, yeah. you have to stay relevant. And, you know, if everyone wants to drink a certain style of beer and you're not making that beer, you're eventually not going to be in business mm-hmm. anymore, right? So you have to be part business owner and understand where the market is and what the market wants to drink. At the same time, you also want to stay true to yourself and your brand as well. So you have to find that balance between the two. Where is the market at, in your opinion? Still where it was in 2020 and 2021. <laughs> uh, so hazy New England style IPAs. Hazy New England style Forever. IPAs. Forever. <laughs> um, pastry stouts are, are still big yep. and, and fruited sours, uh, you know, fruited kettle sours. And now it's it's more the, the heavy fruited kettle sours. It's really pushed that, that limit there. I think that's where it is right now. You are seeing that beginning of a transition to some nice loggers again. 
We Although I so. think that's really forced by the brewers. I think that's we're okay. We hear that. Forcing yeah. is fine. Yeah. We will doing that. We will put them down your throat. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, which is a good thing, though. You're starting to see more of them again. But that's, I think, from an internal thing where, you know, where if you're around beers all the time, like I still love a hazy IPA or a double IPA, but I don't want to drink them all the time. No. Yeah. Um, so moving to have that lager or have an ESB or something else that, to change it up a little bit. What do you know about like the cold, uh, what is cold IPA? Is that the new, uh, yeah, the new term t- there. What do you guys know about the cold IPA or your face? Your face. Um, I <laughs> similar to the, uh, brute. IPA. Oh yes. yes. I'm so glad that somebody made that connection. Yes. Finally. Thank you. So you think it's going to die with the cold. I give it. Yeah. Is it already died? I, I feel like that. I think it may have already died. Right? Oh my God. So what's the point, point of order though? What is the difference between a cold IPA and, and an IPL? IPL. Yeah. Right? Nothing. Sexy name. Jack's Abbey makes a pretty gosh darn delicious IPA. Yes. Yeah, they do. It's also clear. Hopeless. Yeah. yeah, it's a great. Right, beer. it's a delicious it's beer beautiful. because you can do things with lager yeast and don't call them cold. Call them what they are. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Off soapbox. Rant was great. I loved it. <laughs> All right. So we've already moved past cold IPAs. Then, then what's what's so next? I mean, like, seltzers, seltzers um, yeah. non-alcoholic. Yeah, NA is huge. What NA is big. There? Yeah, uh, we're not doing anything with non-alcoholic now. Mm-hmm. Um, yet. Yet. Ooh, right. I like it. Um, but yeah. I, I think that's here to stay. Uh, the question is how much demand will there be for it? And mm-hmm. then how many other breweries will be making it, right? right. There's those yeah. things there. I think you're seeing that with seltzer now, right? Like, <laughs> Who's seltzer, not brewing brew- seltzers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone's doing seltzers. Yeah. Um, but the transition now is there's the craft seltzers, right? right? Yep. And then you've got the mass market seltzers. Um, and in many cases, they're not the same. Like in a craft seltzer, right. if they're using real <laughs> fruit. And there's so there's, there's some many differences there. And I think you'll see some continuing differences there. But... Um, I don't know if craft seltzer is going to grow any more than it is right now. I think one of the reasons that I really like working for Doc is that he's not afraid to take a stance. So, like, Mm. we see something that works for us, and just because it's not what would be the market thing, we're seeing it work. So, low-alcohol beer. Lower, not like not non-alcohol, but low enough. Sessionable. Session, like, it's the thing that when you're in the tasting room, and you're hanging out with your friends, and you've had an IPA, and you've had a fruited sour, and you've had a pastry stout. You're not going home yet, right? Right. You want yeah. one more. What are you going to drink? And that's the Pilsner, the lager. Yeah. I made a... It has its place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I made a, an English... We just called it an English-style pub ale. It's called Tenth Man. Um, it's 3.8%. Love it. Flies yes. out of our tasting room. <laughs> that's awesome. And we're not afraid to make it, because it'll... When you're here in a space with like-minded people who can t- who can talk to you about the product and 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 then let you taste it you know and that's where i think hopefully we're moving is that get the education from the right people and you'll learn that you don't need hazy ipas and and heavily fruited kettle sours for everything education in the tavern was huge i think it's so such a big focus being able to do that and be like no, trust me, you want this. Like, let me tell you why. Like, <laughs> Please just try yes, the beer. Yes. <laughs> Makes a big difference. <laughs> we strive for that here in the tap room because yeah. education for the customer is key, whether it's just on the beers you have on draft or the styles. Um, so we actually pay for all of our employees that work up in our tap room to get Cicerone certified. Awesome. Because um, that knowledge helps them with their confidence. And then when we're telling them about a new, a new beer that's come out and, you know, what ingredients went into it, then they can explain it to the customer. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, or when the customers come in, because you're always going to get the customer that comes in that has a lot of knowledge, and they're expecting the person working on the other side of the bar to have that knowledge yeah. as well. Yeah. How about in the wild? You guys have awesome can art. Right? Thank you. And a lot of people, and 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 Steve, uh, what's his last name? Lee. Lee. Steve Lee. He does awesome art for you. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank the, you. Phenomenal. Um, is that what sets you apart in New Hampshire? I mean, we don't see a lot of breweries in New Hampshire that have as extravagant art <laughs> as you guys. Extravagant, yes. I'm just going to say it that way. I mean, you think of like 603, you think of Stoneface, right? Like mm -hmm. very simple. Simple, to the point. Here's a little bit more extravagant. So, I mean, it's definitely part of our, our branding and, and, and our marketing, absolutely. You know, you... I mean, you go into a go into a store that sells craft beer, like not you know a store that a true craft beer store. Think about how many different varieties of beer so they many. have in there. Yep. <laughs> you could have the best beer in there, but you're, if you don't stand out on the shelf, no one's even going to look at you, pick up the can, and read what that beer is. So you have to get that that per person's attention to even be recognized when you're lost in a thousand different varieties on a shelf. Does that go in line with? You have a ton of records here, and I always feel that. I want to grab a record that looks cool. Mm -hmm. Is that, was that kind of like the thought process or am I just kind of like. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're spot on. Uh, <laughs> you're spot on. So music's a big part of the brewery. Um, if you didn't know from Dropkick story. Yeah. Um, you so, only listen to Irish punk. That's all. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I saw um, a Frank Zappa poster. Yeah, yeah. He's Irish. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Zappa uh, does I Ireland. That's what it is. actually a Zappa poster album, by the actually. Yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. So, for, for me, um, I've always been big into music. I uh, was in bands, you know, growing up. Uh, I DJed for a long time. So, I mean, even a lot of the vinyl that's hanging up here is from my, from my collection when I DJed. Uh, so music's always been a big part of my life. And for that exact reason, exactly, you know, it's those records or, you know, the tape, or I guess there's no tapes and CDs anymore. But, you know, when you buy that in a store, when you look at it, it it's that visual. And we wanted to translate that to the artwork on our cans as well. So how do you translate that? Like, how do you come up with an IPA? Then you're like, we're going to throw this crazy tiger, fire breathing, whatever on it. Like, wh where does that come from? Is it just random or <laughs> so you know. no great question i mean <laughs> so if you might have noticed every beer that we make is musically themed okay uh, yeah. and it may be the most obscure lyric from a song or it could be very blatant and obvious um so that's where the inspiration starts from sometimes we have the recipe in advance and other times we have a name for a new ipa and then we have to create the recipe and work it backwards cool. um but that's where that comes from and then the artwork kind of builds from there is there a awesome dropkick spreadsheet for names <laughs> There is, of course. There is. Of course, there is. Come on, of course. I just want to make sure. There's multiple sprechfeeds, um, but I was going to add that you know, so like I've been able to take that to a level for myself where beers that uh, I call them my children. There's four recipes that we've produced that are exclusively mine. They, I did the research on them and named them, but so naturally they're all based off of Dropkick Murphy songs. Oh my so god! Good. Yeah, you should name one Drum Major. <laughs> That's a good one. That's not bad. Noted. And have them stand on a podium. Someone, someone stand on a podium. It's time for a new recipe, Doc. There we go. Uh, all right. Before I give you any more great ideas, we got to get a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you.
Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. So we're back. And we're back. We're still in Concord, New Hampshire. You betcha. It's we're, very, very cold. Yeah. Yeah. Today might be the coldest day of the year. Yeah. It's Just the coldest day in three years, actually. That's what they told is us. It? Yeah. Is that what they told you? That's what Maria Manunos told us. Sorry. Oh. I don't know what her name is, actually. The, the weather the weather person on Yeah. On the Fox. internet. I, I walked yeah. my dog twice today in this. It's cold. Wow. Just for fun. <laughs> Sounds fun. Do you, do you give your dog booties when it's this cold? I don't. They're really quick walks, okay. like just down the street and back. We yeah. didn't go very far. <laughs> Moving oh, on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I know that you are the treasurer for Pink Boots. Yes. Uh, the technical term is fin- financial liaison. Oh, sorry to give you a lesson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, mainly because, so the Pink Boots Society, uh, I'm assuming this is where you're going to go with that question. Where we are leading into it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to go Take it. straight there. The Pink Boots Society <laughs> is a now global nonprofit whoop, whoop. started here in the U.S. Uh, for women working in officially now fermented beverages. Yes. They expanded out of beer into Very important. mead, cider, distilling, distilling kombucha. Um, does not have to be alcoholic, just got to be fermented. Um, and uh, yeah, we have a New Hampshire chapter that we started two years ago, three years ago. Uh, COVID has everybody confused on what day of the week it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so like the ch- our New Hampshire chapter is part of the national organization. So at your local level, you have a financial liaison whose job it is, is to make sure that you know the, your, the funds that you're raising are being accounted for and are being sent to the proper places and then also can help advise, you know, now we have funds that are specifically allocated for our chapter. So what do we want to do with them and how much do we have and what can we use it for? Um, what do you want to do with them? Uh, we're, so like, we're speaking of Cicero training. We're actually looking into getting everybody in our chapter Cicero awesome. trained. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Really looking forward to that. Um, the most recent thing that we did was last year when we, uh, as part of the annual Pink Boot fundraiser, which happens around International Women's Day, which is March 8th. Um, we did a, our hopefully what was our first annual beer trail. That was super awesome. Here in I the state it. of New Hampshire. So yes. everybody in New Hampshire, and we actually have one brewery in Vermont. Vermont doesn't have a chapter, so there's one oh. brewery in Vermont that's a member of our New Hampshire chapter. Um, but yeah, we printed out a, a trail card, and so we were able to use some of our chapter funds to kind of facilitate that, right? Create those cards, create some, we bought some uh, prizes for people who submitted the cards to encourage people to participate in the trail. Um, yeah, and so it, it's been a really fun experience to get a lot of the women in New Hampshire Brewing and hopefully more as we move forward and can meet back in person again, maybe? <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> someday, somehow, virtual for now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's been a pretty fun experience. Yeah. Um, New Hampshire Brewers Guild. Yes. Um, Opinions on the Brewers Guild? Do you feel as though that technically association? Association. Sorry, we've yeah. chosen the word guild. That's its own topic of conversation. Yeah, <laughs> um, we changed it a few years ago. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fun. What's your opinion on the association? Do you feel like it's beneficial? It has, its, has its 
finger <laughs> on the dial of, you know, like the actual issues in New Hampshire or... Uh, so yes, I do. Um, I just got off the board. Yeah. Uh, oh, I knew that. That's oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading question. Yeah, it was a leading question. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I think I think the association does. Uh, the association is made up of about seventy five breweries here in New Hampshire. Um, so I think it does have the pulse on what's going on. But at the same time, this last two years. What is the pulse? Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I, it's you know, it's been is there a pulse? Correct, right? <laughs> uh, it's been all virtual meetings. Um, so I think it's been one of these. It's been a tough two years to figure yeah. out. Um, before that, I, I think it was. It was starting to move in the right direction. It was growing a lot of strength, uh, a lot of revenue from all the members. But to to run an association like that, you need revenue. Yeah. And it doesn't just come from yeah. dues. It comes from festivals and other types of things yeah. to raise money. And you, can't, sure. you haven't been able to do those things for two years for now. For two years. Yeah. yeah. So that's been a strain on the, the association yeah. uh, and it's made it tough. But uh, I'm hoping, uh, well, who knows what the next year will be like if right. we can you know, start to do those things again. I what? know on a uh, social media end, I love your association's social media. Like on Instagram, like I love yes. following it. You guys yeah. are like so active. And it's just great to see the events, like from all over the state, and even like the glassware and the glassware. Yeah, I yeah. love glassware that. promos. So yeah, the association has been very creative. Yeah, very creative. I think. What can we do in this type of environment? Right. Um, even the uh, what the beer the beer the, the, yeah, the beer trail thing the beer trail yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's now all digital right so there's yeah. no longer right. that stamp that we used to have to stamp everyone's car when they come yep. in. So when a new brewery joins in the middle of the year, they get added right to that as well. Perfect. Yeah. And you scan the QR code when you get to the brewery, and you're you're checked in, and and it, it meets that requirement. So 2022 might be the year that I actually do that shit because you should. I don't do it it's at all. Best. I, know. I can show you where our QR code is. All right, we're gonna do it. We're, we're gonna take it. a video. Right after this, that is finally conformed. 2022 is the year of the QR code. Yeah, the, the, the I don't know. Director of the <laughs> NHBA CJ will be so excited. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> What are, what are some issues though? I mean, as a as a brewer outside of the board, that you want to see, you know, change in New Hampshire. Like, what's some antiquated laws that you have? <laughs> I love antiquated laws. Yeah. Well, this is New Hampshire, so they're all antiquated yes. laws. Yes. Um, <laughs> so if you look at New England as a whole, um, New Hampshire's laws are much more restrictive on breweries than all our surrounding Live states. Live free or die? No. Uh, <laughs> Let's on brewery. <laughs> Some of these laws Crazy. go back to pre-prohibition and have just never been changed. Or when they have been changed, they've been minimal. So we have a lot more restrictions than any surrounding states when it comes to how your tap room works. Um, there's been many moves by the association to try and improve that, and there has been improvements, but we're still not on par with so the rest of New England. Crazy restrictions. It has restrictions on um, food requirements and, and how much beer you can pour with or without food. Um, and what constitutes food? Well, that's that's the other piece of it, right? So it, there's, there's one chip. So there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of that piece um, as well. Um, distribution laws in the state were actually very beneficial, though, um, for, for the state itself, for not state. for uh, actually, outside entities. Not for outside yes, entities, yes, but yes. for the state itself. I mean, if you're a small brewery, less than two thousand barrels a year, you can self distribute. Correct. That's awesome. Um, where some other states don't have that luxury. I mean, you yeah. can be a small brewery that's just opening up, and the state says you have to have a distributor, and you're like, "Well, I'm going to make like a hundred <laughs> barrels yeah. a year. What do you mean?" Like, I, I, so there's definitely your your entry into the market is a little easier because of some of these distribution laws. Um, at the same time, you know, from a taproom standpoint, you don't have the same freedoms as Maine or Vermont or Massachusetts with your taproom. Right. Yeah. 
And it, it, I think the easiest one to target is the food. It's just the fact that we all agree. So you're required to have food or what is, I guess. In order food? to pour a pint. Oh. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's changed. Is that just a COVID thing or was there a food law before that? And that's a New Hampshire just law, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, if I come COVID. to any brewery in New Hampshire, I have to get food with my beer? You don't have to buy food. I just have, have to have, have food available offer. for you. To so, oh, okay. So it's on us. It's not on right. you. Yeah. It's on us. And so the, it's just one of these things where like, we all agree that wow. food should be involved in in drinking alcohol. Sure. Right? Nobody is saying that I don't think that you should be able to eat <laughs> food. But I also am saying that I am a brewer, not a chef. So... <laughs> I just, on want, it, I just want to be able to say, bring a pizza. Yeah. That's right. fine. Right. You know, or in the heat of summer when there's 10 million food trucks Ugh. around. Yeah. Pull right on up and sell all your food to all my patrons. You can't even get a food truck. That doesn't count. But you're, like, you're, now, it now we okay. can. Good. But Whew. it was a battle to get there. Yeah. And the easiest argument was that everybody around us doesn't have this problem. And <laughs> <Literally>. then, <laughs> also, it's New England. So try getting a food cut truck today. When it's five it's degrees true. outside. Keep, keep trying. Those things literally freeze. They don't have insulation. <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> What's your opinion of the New Hampshire beer scene? I mean, do you think it's, what, what in comparison to other beer scenes? I think it's underrated. Um, I think that New Hampshire gets overlooked by Maine, by Vermont. Even uh, now, Massachusetts. Even now, Massachusetts. Even yeah. now, Massachusetts. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's see. Right. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it, I think it's. It, it, I think it's. It's overlooked. I think you've got some phenomenal breweries in the Portland area that have been there for a while. Same yep. with Vermont. Same with Massachusetts. And I feel like New Hampshire gets overlooked. Um, more and more people, when they come to New Hampshire and they hit breweries, they realize that there is so many breweries here that you've never heard of. Yeah. Um, and they're around every corner, but you've never heard of them. And so there's so much great beer here. So when people tell me like. I'm going to drive to Pennsylvania to go pick up beer from some brewery in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, Why? you can drive 30 minutes away and they make phenomenal beer in that yes. exact style. We you're always looking say for. that too. Yeah, it's like, why make the drive like we're saying before Trillium or Trios when it could just go down the street and that's an amazing brewery. Like, yeah. It, yeah. There's, there's so much great beer right. right here in New Hampshire. And mm -hmm. look, you want to try other beers. So, of course. Drive to Massachusetts. Totally. Go check that place yeah. out. But Come back. don't overlook the fact that there's great breweries on your way down there that you probably didn't even know existed. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I think New England as a whole, as we're a very whole. lucky. We're very lucky. Yes, it's a saturated area for breweries, right? You don't have this kind Killing of saturated it. market, you know, other than like in like Oregon Idaho, or, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even then, it's like just Portland, Denver. right? It's like just like cities yeah. and towns, like exactly. Here, it's everywhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bos uh, Bosquin's getting two breweries. Go Bosquin. Two? Two. So Great Blue, what's the other one? Oh. I think it's Bosquin. It's just, yeah, he's calling oh, it Bosquin Brewing. That, that, yeah. 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 Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Like, wait, I think fun. we may or may not be heading up to Bosquin after this. Just so, yeah, right yeah. Now. <laughs> um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, Spoiler alert. No, right? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> actually, go back to last week's episode. Yeah, actually, yeah, right. Tune back. Tune back. <laughs> go back. <laughs> we didn't record an order. I'm so reverse, sorry. Reverse. I'm so when you were in Bosquin. Yeah, it was beautiful there. Lovely people. <laughs> also cold. Yeah. Not as cold as... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, Other laws. I want to get into more of these laws because I think New Hampshire has some funny laws. That, that was Sound Guy Ryan tuning was, in. Hi, Sound, Sound, Sound Guy, Guy Ryan. Ryan tuning in. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, hmm, let's see, contract brewing. Because I know there are some funky laws in New Hampshire on that. Yes, uh, they've changed. So New Hampshire went through a bunch of changes in their laws surrounding breweries within the last year, and the association helped push those forward. Boop, boop. 
Um, so you can contract brew in New Hampshire. Um, there's some stipulations, but you can do it. You used to be able to do it. Then they interpreted the law differently, and now they've rewritten it so that you can contract brew again. Um, Fabulous. Yeah. There, there's, there's little things in there, but it's allowed again. So. And I know brew pubs can only use another brewery to contract their beer in New Hampshire like that other brewery has to be in New Hampshire they can't let's say you're in Seabrook or Hampton New Hampshire and you want to contract brew like right just across over the border, the border right <laughs> in Massachusetts nah you're a brew pub and these are these little <laughs> brew pub you can't but if you're a beverage manufacturer you can't you can't right exactly yeah. so when the laws were updated they weren't updated to the extent they needed to be yeah yeah love it wow Local legislator, Ryan, yeah. knowing everything about it. <laughs> I'd vote for him. Aww. Big brain. Yeah. Big brain. Job picks got you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, boo. <laughs> Anytime. So everyone- Just get a hat. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. should get a hat. Seriously. Give me a hat. <laughs> so I'll talk to my boss. We want, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want people to come to Lithermans, right? Yes, please. And get hats and drink their beer. And, Especially uh, the hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, I just have to, as, as uh, oh, Jeffrey, I know, I'm sorry. Is Jeffrey wear Birkenstock? That's a no effects. Uh, <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. I and just needed to know. Jeffrey? Uh, it's Jeff just part is, of the song. Yeah. He's yeah. our resident yeah. evil genius. Um, he does exist. He's a resident evil genius. Uh, so he helped us build out the brewery when we first started. Uh, he designed our first glycol loop. Uh, he he is a genius. He is a genius. Yeah. <laughs> you name it, and he fabricated it uh, early on it. in our, in our build-out. Uh, so we wanted to commemorate him on a can. He goes, you know, he goes by Jeffrey, according to his wife and his daughters. So Jeffrey wears Birkenstocks was the <laughs> Wait, right You mean he doesn't go beer. by Jeffrey? What does he go by? The Jeffrey. Right? Oh, That's oh, what oh, oh the Jeffrey. Jeffrey. No, he's in my phone as Jeffrey well, wears Birkenstocks. I mean, he goes, by, he goes by Jeff, too. But anyway, it, so Jeffrey wears Birkenstocks was the, the perfect tribute to him. And uh, he had no clue. That was an LFX. <laughs> it is That's an LFX. That's so my favorite yeah. part know. about this story, because you brought this up. He thought, well, we told him it was going to be called Giraffes Wear Birkenstock. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got shirts printed with the actual logo with his caricature <laughs> yeah. on it. And they said, Jeffrey Wear Birkenstocks. And the day that we canned the first batch of that beer, we were all wearing them. Yes. And it took him a solid 15, 20 minutes. That long? After staring at all of us wearing them. Steve had to like leave the room because he couldn't keep yeah, it together because right. he was about to like burst either. out laughing. Yeah. Because he's just, we're just carrying on conversation. Oh, I love he's it. like, it's not a, but, and then all of a sudden he was like, wait a minute. That's me. <laughs> what, what is your is going say? on? <laughs> yeah. There was a few expletives. Yeah, there were, yeah. And I, he I, swore at us and told us where to go. Yeah. And then he yeah. started crying. And then he cried. Yeah. Is he a big Stones a fan too? He's like a gigantic Stones fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, he doesn't listen to any music after the 70s. Oh, okay. Uh, although he's, we got him into the Beastie Boys, so I, I think that's not that's true anymore. That's yeah. so. fun. And the yeah. Dropkick Murphys on occasion? Uh, he tolerates it. <laughs> he tolerates me, so that's Aww. fine. Aww. I'll that's take true. that. So if you want to tolerate Dropkick and Steve, come Hello, to Lithamans. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, where are you physically located? I know people can type it into their iPhone or Android devices, but it's Google. nice to just do it. Yeah, We're located at 126 Hall Street, Unit okay. B. Unit B, that's important. It's yeah. Unit B. in the yes, back, back. Yeah, but I mean, there's a you bunch of signs. signs. There's a there's couple signs. more signs that go out when we're right. actually open. You guys are here on a day we're not open. Yes. It's a big, echoey, empty tasting room. <laughs> so there's some signage, but if you get close, just keep looking. I promise you'll find us. Yeah. If you don't find us, you'll find Steadfast at the distillery, and yep. he'll tell you to come over here after you're over there, and vice versa. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and social media? Uh, Leatherman's Limited. Well, we just well we just made it all uniform. So it's Facebook at dot com slash backslash Leatherman's. Oh, I don't even know that. I, I oh gosh. What? Oh, Steve Lee told me all about this. <laughs> We're gonna leave it all in the Jubilee do below. Facebook, yeah. Instagram. Uh, Leatherman's dot beer. Yes. You go to That's Leatherman's dot beer. Hit the microphone. You can again. you can click on everything from there. That will bring you to our website. Awesome. That's what it is. Leatherman's dot beer. Um. Yeah, I don't have any other questions, Erica. <laughs> Neither do I. Sound guy Ryan? Negative. After five weeks, we can still friggin' do a podcast. That's hey, pretty amazing. That. Nice We're killing we, it. We, we got through. We you know, through. three and a half wow, years, you take Ryan. a couple weeks off, it's nothing, you know? It's not like riding a bike. It, it's wow. not. I thought it's it was. Not. No, it's no. not. Oh. No. It's better than okay. riding oh, a bike. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Well, we wish you all the success in the future, and hopefully 2022 is better for everyone. So. Amen. Uh, hopefully, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. This was great to have you guys up here. Yeah, Anytime. absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank Cheers. you for having us. Cheers. 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 Cheers.